Hello, hello. This is Yusuf Al-Nasr again, and I'm your host. Today I have a dear friend that I just got to know in the last month. Um, maybe I will let her introduce herself. Go ahead. Hi, everybody. I am uh, Maria Cordero. I'm one of the third year two residents uh, in pediatrics, uh, the program that we are working at with Dr. Yusuf. Um, I'm very happy to join you today. Thank you so much for the invitation and I feel honored and if you know anything I can do to help or guide at least somehow I'm more than happy to do it. Thank you. I appreciate you. So for anyone who's listening to us the whole point of this uh, episode is to discuss interviews, pediatric interviews uh, for the folks applying through ERAS this year to programs in the United States. So before we ask you about those interviews uh, and the golden tips you're going to give us, I just let me understand where you come from, who you are, and uh, why did you choose the program you are in right now, which is an amazing program. Bronx Care is is, is, is an amazing program. So um, I am originally from Ecuador. I am an IMG. I, of course, did my med school there. I am a non-US IMG. Um, I came to the United States when I was 27 years old for the first time, of course, to do my steps and um, all the process that you guys are very familiar with. And I actually had to return to my home country for uh, two more years after the steps because of visa issues. Uh, I was just doing everything with my tourist visa, but as you guys know, you have to be coming back and forth until 2020 that I had to actually come back here in the midst of the pandemic. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to complete all my documentation to apply for the eras of um, 2020 slash 2021. So I matched um, at the first try in um, March 2021 and I started my residency program at Bronx Care in July 2021. Um, I chose this program because I loved the interaction that I had on the interviews. I saw that the residents were genuinely happy learning. Um, they achieved their goals, for example. Some of them wanted to go to fellowship and they actually made it. We were able to speak with people that had different backgrounds and different goals in lives. And again, people that wanted to go to primary care, they were happy to go to primary care and people who wanted to go to fellowship, I saw that the program actually helped them to reach their goals. And um, later on, um, initially I just wanted to do GI fellowship, but then I found out that I just don't want to do that anymore. And I am more than happy with primary care, that it's my main goal. And that's, those are the reasons why I chose the program. And of course the people, oh my God, the people mm -hmm. is the best. That's awesome. So it's really important. Uh, things that to look into in the program when you interview is the culture, the people you interact with, and where is this going to lead you to. And um, just to uh, remind everybody, everyone has their own journey. Um, and uh, some people are get uh, their journey within two, three years and they get into. Uh, others might take them longer. And I'm the me, myself, it took me longer uh, to get into residency as an international medical advisor, as an IMG. Um, and, uh, it, and, and you are uh, one of the lucky ones who got it from the first 
match, uh, it took me three cycles uh, to match. So I think everybody have their own journey. Uh, and the good thing, they can delay uh, the start of the journey, but they can not change that destination, right? Exactly. And the important part is that you learn through the process and you believe in yourself because that is the most important thing. Don't compare your career or your journey to someone else's because everybody has their unique um, experience. And if you feel like, oh my God, I should have matched by X and so date or mm -hmm. I should have had this deadline and whatnot, do mm -hmm. not because that is not helping you. That is only just affecting for your mental health yeah. probably give you more anxiety on top of a, an already anxiety inducing process mm -hmm. uh, because it's not easy as you guys all know and mm -hmm. um, just believe in yourself and don't get desperate don't feel frustrated because mm -hmm. at the end you will be where you belong and that's the important thing just to don't lose faith and keep on doing that amazing and um I, the other thing i would say it's also balance your uh, self-esteem and confidence with not to be too confident then you sound a little bit cocky. Um, in the rear I matched, one of my uh, classmates actually had 15 interviews and I had only two. And, exactly. And um, he ended up not matching um, uh, and I ended up uh, getting a spot uh, and it's, I'm not it's not a competition I'm not saying uh, he uh, I'm glad he didn't match no I, I, I I'm happy that he matched the year after uh, but what I'm trying to say in his 15 interviews and in the last couple of interviews like he was so cocky he did not show up um, so I think he, I think that's something you need to look into balance your be humble uh, but be confident at the same time yeah, exactly. I think humility is one of the best qualities that people can have. I appreciate it so much. And as you mentioned, um, I have uh, fellow batchmates from my residency who had only one or two interviews and they matched. Yeah. Also, I know from people that have had um, 15 interviews, like this is not like, oh, I heard from someone. No, no, no. I know this person. Mm -hmm. and they didn't match mm -hmm. so um as you mentioned humility is something really important but at the moment that you're doing you can have the best resume in the world mm -hmm. but if you don't do a good interview that mm -hmm. could definitely eliminate you as a candidate mm -hmm. so be mindful of that too because despite you having amazing scores on the usmle or like having the best LORs, if you are not genuine and you don't show that you're a good person to work mm -hmm. with in your interviews, that definitely affect your results. 100%. And um, uh, uh, now the scores are not as much because step one is best and fail. Mm -hmm. um, and step one was the one that a lot of pediatrics program directors look into in the past. Uh, but now we we know that it's it's as you as you said it's all about are you a good fit for the program? Do you want to know they can work with you or not? So that's why the the interviews now has more way than it used to be, and that's why we're doing this exactly. podcast is because it, it it weighs a lot now. So um, I wanted to mention that I wasn't the like I have been full circle right now. I wasn't the side of the being the interview. 
mm-hmm. like the person who is doing the interview, mm-hmm. and I have been also interviewed myself. So um, it's a full circle kind of moment for me because mm-hmm. this year I'm going to be on the interview committee from the program as well. Mm-hmm. So I know how things go now, like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, when I applied in 2020, of course, was the midst of the pandemics. All the interviews became virtual, which hopefully or like luckily allowed us to have or to accept more interviews because we could do it from the comfort of our homes. Mm-hmm. And uh, compared to previous years that you had to go in person and like spend a lot of money in hotels, uh, plane tickets and yeah. whatnot. But um, at the same time, it changed the dynamics of how the interview process works because now you have to try to show who you are through mm-hmm. a screen, which is not easy. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, it teaches you different abilities. And it's a good thing that um, you are prepared before you go to the interview season per se, mm-hmm. since you don't want to waste this. You mm-hmm. really want to do a good job but you don't want to, as mentioned before, come off as like cocky or like up this, um, I'm just here just because and mm-hmm. whatever. No, that is definitely something you, you should not do. <laughs> Very advised against. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's again, it, every, everything in life, I think, has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And again, the up of this is that you get to have more interviews and know more programs and more options for yourself as well. But again, the con is that you don't get to actually visit the program physically or see the facilities, see mm-hmm. the hospital, or interact with people. Um, so let's try to approach those things in the mm-hmm. best way possible. 100%. Um, and just before we get into the uh, interviews questions, quick, for any IMG applying next year, because now Eras are sent already. But um, for next year, what would be the ideal number for international graduates to apply to? How many programs you um, should apply to? So I don't think there is a specific number. Mostly, I think you have to apply as for what you really want. Because if you're going to apply to a program that, because this is like a, like a known fact that there are programs that don't sponsor visas, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you should not apply to those programs because you already know they are not going to call you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that these programs are um, difficult with IMGs or they are not very IMG friendly. I mean, you could still send your uh, application, but just have on the top of your head or in the top of your mind that you might not be called. And also, applying is expensive. I applied mm-hmm. to a lot of programs back in my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, I am still kind of paying for that. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it's something that it's very, I think, personal mm-hmm. and depending on what you want. For example, if you really want to stay in a certain geographic area for family reasons or whatever reasons you have, then sure, apply to all the programs that you have in your area that you know accept IMGs independently of mm-hmm. whether um, they are what you would call, quote unquote, um, a prestige program or not because some people uh feel intimidated about like oh no i shouldn't apply to this uh, ib mm-hmm. um college program mm-hmm. because they are not going to call me mm-hmm. who cares you're trying but because you're going for a specific geographical situation at the same time if you are um 
on the mindset of um, I, this is my residency program that I really want to apply and this is the only one for me. Sure, go for it. Don't let anybody tell you not to. Mm -hmm. Just be mindful and realistic about your, um, your circumstances. 100%. And I, I, I love what you uh, mentioned about being strategic. You have to have a plan uh, about which program and you do your research and this should start from the day that the eras opens so july or june whatever it is in your year um then you need to do the research and uh, make sure that you're applying to a place that takes international medical graduate or imgs because we know there's places they're not willing to take uh, exactly, or that they don't sponsor visas, yeah. and you're already like, oh, okay, so then if I need a visa, I might not, I might save a couple bucks in the program that mm -hmm. I know anyways are not going to call me. So. Yeah. And I will always say to any IMGs applying to pediatrics, you have to apply to New York, because that is where most IMGs uh, match. Uh, and then, then, then you have to think about uh, West Virginia, Kansas, uh, then Chicago. Those are most where the most that that's where the meat is. That that will where all the programs that are IMG friendly. So those are the geographic area to look into. Do you agree? Absolutely. And um, also look for um, like states because there are ranked lists. I'm pretty sure most of you have seen like oh this is the most friend, IMG friendly state and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Sure. But if you are looking for a specific state that you think, quote unquote, they are not IMG friendly, look for the programs that are there because mm -hmm. you will find out that actually people from that program are IMGs. So that means, mm -hmm. oh, despite this state not being on the top 10 of the most IMG friendly, this program is IMG friendly. So mm -hmm. I will apply no matter what. So do your research. That is like something I always uh, advise to people who ask me about these things. Mm -hmm. um, do your research about the programs that you are going to apply. Do your research about if whether this is a good fit for you in most aspects because i think it happens but it's a unicorn mm -hmm. situation every program like checks all your like you complied with everything that you wanted to in the program mm -hmm. but at least um go for the, the, the ones that you think are going to be the best fit mm -hmm. for you specifically because what would be a good fit for me might not probably be a good fit for dr yusuf mm -hmm. or might not be a good fit for i don't know my best friend or things mm -hmm. like that True, true. There is, it's not just medicine. Look into the whole social context. Are you get willing to live in this big city or you want a smaller town? Uh, can you afford living here? All of these, they into it. But um, I think prioritize the medicine, but also look into the other uh, uh, factors as well. And Right. And uh, for example, for people who have families, like, um, do I want my kid to be living in this place for the next three years? I don't have kids personally, but mm -hmm. most of my residents do or we're about to have kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are they good schools in this area? Um, where do I want to live if I bring my child? Is my family willing to relocate with me? Mm -hmm. And a lot of other circumstances as well. True, true. Life is not just medicine, 100%. But I think uh, the problem is, is um, as an IMG, sometimes your bargaining chips are not um, are not pretty hot. So make sure that you look into the things, like all things, weigh all the whole equations when you decide to select the programs. Uh, but select among those programs that takes IMGs. Uh, 
and they're not one or two, they're many. Um, so yeah. do your research. So let's say I did the application, paid all that ton of money uh, for Iraq to uh, send my applications. And now I got invitation from uh, a program. And we know now, uh, most likely virtually interviews going to stay for, for the next at least two, three, four years. I don't think we're going right. to go back to in-person anytime soon. the foreseeable future, we will have this thing going on. Yeah. It's, it's cheaper. It's, it's healthier for the environment, less flying. Uh, it's less burden on the interviewees. So, and, and it allows the program to have a bigger pool. So I think, I think it's, it's there to stay. So the first thing, I got the interviews, I scheduled it. Um, and I scheduled it in a day that I know I have enough time before and after because there might be um, some uh, technical issues we know with virtual. But um, let's say, um, what is your advice about scheduling the interview? So um, first of all, organize make a list once you get the invitation um make sure that you are writing it down that worked for me because otherwise mm -hmm. i would be on it just like organizing it and then oh no i have this conflict with this other interview so organize it very very well make sure that um if you're in a different um let's say standard time for example if you are in europe or in asia and it turns out that the interview was set to be at 2 a.m. on your local time when it's, I don't know, 9 a.m. in the U.S., um, make sure that you sleep prior to that. So by the time you wake up at 2 a.m. or 1.30, at least you get ready and get some, like, coffee or something so you can be on your A game. Be prepared for that interview despite of the time um, schedule. If you can interview it, like, a little bit, Later uh, on the day, for example, 1 p.m. for uh, U.S. time and let's say 5 a.m. for, um, I don't know, like any other place that you are on, do that because that is not going to be as hard for you and your brain to, mm -hmm. um, to work it out, to make it, to make it a good interview because you're not going to be passing out. You are, most of you probably are not used to being awake more than three, four days at a time at horrible schedules. Mm -hmm. um, and I certainly hope you guys are not, but if you are, then it's gonna be easier for you. However, if you can schedule it more like between 11 p.m. and before 11 p.m. and af after 5 a.m., I would say go for it. However, if you cannot, and the program only has this time slots, try to rest before your interview and then go for it. Um, make again a list. Make sure that you are um, writing them down, setting up apart the schedules. Make sure that people are going to be not disturbing you at the time you're going to be on your interview. If you know that um, you're going to be home alone between X and Y time, then schedule it for it because it can be very disruptive if you have an interview and in the background your children are like playing or your neighbor is like really banging his music uh, at the top of his lungs and singing out loud or if you know that there is a construction going on around your area and this construction starts at I don't know mid like noon 
don't schedule it for it. So organize them in a set that it's going to work for you specifically. Again, this is a very personalized process. Mm -hmm. So customize it as per what you need and what will work for you. That's awesome. Um, and you mentioned something really important about uh, choosing a place that is quiet and look professional. How do you choose a place in your house or in your uh, workplace? So usually you want to set a background that is not, like that doesn't look unprofessional. For example, you don't want a background that looks messy or disorganized. Um, try to have like what, what they used to tell us is that try to have like a white wall or like a very neutral looking wall with a very nice painting on the back. If you can have a lamp or a plant, that's it. Um, try to not have many distracting um, things on the background. For example, lots of books could look like, oh, this person studies a lot, but could be also counterproducing because um, you get distracted. And unfortunately, since again, we discussed, you have to <coughs> work with the virtual interviews and working with a virtual interview, meaning you have to present yourself on the screen. And you want the focus to be on you, not on the background. And if that gets distracting, uh, unfortunately, the, the brain works in a subconscious way as well. And we want to present ourselves as clean, as organized, as I am prepared for this, I'm focused. So be the, like, make the set in a fashion that you are the center of attention, nothing on the background. Um, also, of course, um, don't wear clothes that are too flashy or too colorful. I mean, if you want to, that's okay. However, that is not the best recommendation. Um, try to wear like the best color are the best colors are blue, black. They also recommend gray. Um, try to avoid like very, like very bright green or like bright pink or things that don't look that professional. I know it shouldn't be a thing. You should be able to wear anything you want, but this is an interview we are talking about that you want to present yourself as a professional uh, person. So look professional. Um, do not, if you're a, a woman, I love, for example, wearing makeup. Dr. Yusuf has seen me. I wear makeup every single day, sometimes glittery makeup, but at the interview, try to tone it down a little. Um, again, look professional and if there is no way on earth that you can be alone at home at the time that is happening just let your family know like hey guys i'm gonna have an interview please try to keep it as low as you can until i'm done because we don't want any distractors um to be messing with my concentration or my focus during the mm -hmm. interview and make sure that you have a good light you guys have no idea how many uh times i have heard about people that just felt that their interview didn't go well because of the light. I know it sounds ridiculous, mm -hmm. but it's so true. A good lining could change how you present yourselves to the interview, to the interviewer. It's unbelievable, but it's true. So make sure you have a good light too. 100%, 100%. I totally agree with that. And, um, and it, it doesn't mean it's virtual that it's not an interview. It's still this, the whole same um, thing that goes the, with the uh, in-person interview goes with a uh, virtual interview. So you still have to wear a suit. Uh, you still have to groom yourself and look nice. Uh, you still have to greet people nicely. 
Um, there's no handshake, so that's that's good. That's out of the way. Uh, <laughs> and in regard to uh, the makeup, I'm 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 not I don't wear makeup myself, but uh, <laughs> but I would say it's it's what you wear for work should be what you wear for the interview. Uh, uh, but because people are meant to judge you, make sure it's not too much and not and or nothing at all it's it's what like a simple professional makeup and the same for i think the same for men i think if you if you have jewelries that is uh like kind of pre fashionable uh make sure that they look professional so if you have a big earring or if you have a big bracelet maybe that's not the best day to wear just try to make it not so flashy that again it doesn't take away the attention from who you actually are instead of like oh this earring is super distracting it's too shiny something mm-hmm. like that yeah and i love your advice about the light yeah that is 100 percent uh important if you don't have a good right. light people might not even listen to you because they don't they don't see you pretty clearly um, right, and also that will show your, or it's a bit of easier for you for them to see your facial expressions and whether you're being truthful or not, which is extremely important on an interview. Because sometimes people think that, oh, if I practice this response and say this, they will buy it because I have been told to respond, to respond to this question in a certain way. No, don't be fooled. People who do interviews, they have been doing this for years. So don't uh, think that they don't know mm-hmm. how to detect who are not being truthful mm-hmm. and facial expressions are and like corporal or body language it's very important in this mm-hmm. so i'm not saying by uh link uh, like a ring of light or anything like that mm-hmm. just make sure that you have a good lighting i did buy the the light ring by the way because a friend told me to and it was hilarious um yeah but you don't you don't have to yeah that, that's funny uh, but I would, and the other thing I would say in the background, if you if it's your room or your living room, and you have something that might be controversial in the wall, that's something you wanna you you don't want it to be showing. So, for example, uh, if you have the Palestinian flag right now, we know that the conflict is going, and you don't know what how people feel in certain way about certain issues, so it's good to. Uh, avoid anything with comments or you have Ukrainian flags or the Russian flag uh, so it's good to avoid things that might lead to controversy that make people feel certain way about you certain things I agree I just want to say do not um, have anything that would present you as like conflictive um, as a person that um, it's okay to have your political, religious, signed of views, absolutely everybody's entitled to do that. Just for the interview, try to be as neutral as possible. Um, not, not to have anything that could cause, again, a controversy or something that would make feel any of the parts of the interview uncomfortable. You don't know um, how people might feel opinionated about X or so topics, so just try to keep it, again, neutral. I'm not saying you're not entitled to have your own opinion and everything of course you are just uh for the interview don't show it necessarily on the screen because the decision of whether you're a good candidate or not should not be based on what your political or religious beliefs are at all so just don't make that a reason for a fight or anything like that because 
we just want to make it as clean as and and as truthful as possible mm -hmm. so be the best piece of advice in that aspect but of course this is just advice it's up to you guys 100 i i always say be an advocate and have a good noise that's 100 that's what you need to do as hopefully a future pediatrician but for that day stay neutral just for that day we're not asking for many days just one day um, absolutely you just have to be yourself absolutely mm -hmm. um but present the best version of yourself 100%. um we all have uh like our good side and our bad side we all have good and bad habits we all have good and bad things about ourselves but on that day you want to present the best version of yourself like writing and like flying colors mm -hmm. and yes um, um, amazing because you are going to present the amazing part of yourself not a fake one mm -hmm. but the best one that's a really good piece of advice. Let, let's uh, say the interview started and uh, they are asking me like the usual interview questions. Tell me about yourself, what's your strength, what's your weaknesses. How do I answer these without sounding like I'm just repeating what I read in the books? Right. So first of all, and again, be genuine, be truthful. Why do you think it's really, literally the best thing of yourself, but say it in a professional way? Um, for example, I don't know, let's say the best part about myself is that I love working on a team. Great, but make it uh, or elaborate it with an example. That would be good. Uh, for example, uh, this, I don't know, this time that I was on a call when I was a medical student, um, my residents needed to have someone to get the patient to um, accept to have these labs and uh, mommy was a little reluctant to it so we discussed it like a team and we worked as a team and made it happen something like that mm -hmm. so give it as an example but again of something that genuinely happened um, because again you don't want to lie mm -hmm. uh, for when they ask you the tricky questions such as tell me about a weakness of yourself or what do you think it's like and a time where you made a mistake or failed in something and um, like the negative or hard questions mm -hmm. again be truthful don't make up scenarios because mm -hmm. uh, I've seen a lot of people who are like oh I can take that experience from my friend and make it mine do not um, use something again from you but always pitch on the positive aspect as in mm -hmm. okay this is my weakness but this is my um, opportunity for growth and improvement. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm doing to make it better. Don't just, or don't mention things like, oh, I'm always late. No, mm -hmm. that's not something people want to say. Be like, um, I was having some issues with uh, some time management. However, now I'm working on that by making a schedule and making a list of things and priorities and so on. So come up with truth answers, but mm -hmm. also with present them in a good way you're selling yourself so sell yourself as a person mm -hmm. as you should be working on the things that you need to work on to make yourself a better mm -hmm. professional in this case a better person if you mm -hmm. want to take it like that um but always show <coughs> in a positive light i apologize for everybody i'm coughing with my allergy you know it's the season um and um those are really amazing advices that you're giving us
and I, I do uh, 100% second everything you said. Make it personal. They call you for the interview because they want to know you as a person. They have seen your resume. They don't, that's done. Now they want to know about you as an individual, as a human being. Make it personal. Tell, exactly. tell they, them who they you are. Know the basic. Yep. And I, I, and I got to the weaknesses. Also, don't. I, the, the, the thing I hate the most when people say, I care too much. There's nothing said, I care too much. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, or like, what is the reason that you came into medicine? Um, I remember this was not from the interviews here, but from my medical school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would say, like, never say because I want to help people. Because that is like the most, uh, like, burned down answer everybody uses and if that is your reason sure genuinely do it but make it sound as a why this is why i want to help people because i have this experience because i have this beliefs because this happened to me so like the truth answer about why not just what but make it as why is it for you not just generic answers because to me my pet peeves are generic answers oh my god i, I can't <laughs> but uh, yeah it's just not but um again make it truthful make it yours this is my genuine response on why i decided this or why i had this and why i didn't like this you we want to know you the paper yeah. we know the cv got it but you this is that is the whole point of interviews because otherwise we would just base it on the paper mm-hmm. and the cv and job a hundred percent and and um practice before you go the common questions because um most of the imgs are english is a second language you mm-hmm. might struggle finding your words and then with stress you will struggle more uh if you don't practice um and uh the issue is if you stutter a lot or if you fi- having a hard time finding your words people will think you cannot handle stress and that will be a negative against you. I don't I don't mean to stress you out, guys. But I'm, I'm trying to say practice. Do it right. interviews with, with the mirror first. Then do it with a loved one, someone who care about you, who just gonna give you the the boost to your self esteem. We're gonna say, Good job, that was amazing. Then do it with someone who is uh who is not afraid to criticize and give you a good positive criticism so someone who can be a mentor someone that who is and mentor can be a beer mentor someone who is already in residency like first year a second year someone who you know from your medical school um so always practice and look for uh, a positive criticism um exactly i agree completely and look for mentors there mm-hmm. there is people who are absolutely willing to help you uh, there are different forums, different, uh, like in social media, you will find groups of people who are applying, going through errors this year, and they are more than happy to practice with you. Mm-hmm. A good piece of advice that I would tell you if you're not so sure about your English, try to practice with someone who is a native English speaker, because mm-hmm. they better at catching the responses that you're maybe struggling with, or like, I don't know, um, putting the words together in order mm-hmm. for the sense to make sense. Um, as you can notice right now, I am having sometimes a little like uh, problems to find the words, but that's that's okay, that's normal. That is mm-hmm. not a problem. However, 
you want to make sure that you have it as polished as possible in practice. We have a saying in Spanish that says, la práctica hacia el maestro, meaning like the more you practice, you will become the master mm -hmm. or the teacher. That's the idea. So the, the better you practice, absolutely, you're going to make it better. However, mm -hmm. do not make it generic. Again, it's not about a script. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that your answers are genuine and they are like, therefore sound genuine because um, if you responded like a robot like oh yeah i went into medicine because and this no give it passion give it like the sound mm -hmm. use intonations and if you can if you're good at it mm -hmm. um, use your body language because that to me speaks thousands of things more mm -hmm. than whatever you're telling me 100 and and you know what i want I want you to sell something to me. I want to sell your passion. I want to see the passion. So tell me. Yeah. So that's, I think that is the most important thing. I want you to show me how passionate you are and make me like you. Um, and, and that can be hard on some people who like maybe shy or introvert. Uh, I know that I understand that. That's why you need to practice. And as, as you, mentioned and 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 uh, there is a common saying in arabic is called which means repetitions teach the smart people so if you do one thing over and over and over it becomes a habit and that's why you need to practice a lot the second thing i would say in the interviews make sure your answer is not too short and not too too long so each answer should not be longer than five minutes especially for the big one, like tell me about yourself right. or tell me about your journey. Longer than five minutes, you might lose people. <laughs> That's true. And something I would add is um, just make sure that you are prepared, not only in this aspect, but also research the program, as in know who you are going to be interviewing with. I believe most of the programs because now they are going to use Thalamus as per my understanding at least that's what we are going to do I know that ERAS is now transitioning to using Thalamus for the uh, interviews mm -hmm. so you know who will interview you mm -hmm. um, for example if let's say you know you're going to have to interview with the program director prepare questions that the program director will be able to answer as compared to a resident is going to be interviewing mm -hmm. you So, like, the questions that you might have for them um, should not be directed to someone that cannot answer them. I made this mistake on my interview, and actually it wasn't a program that I matched on, but I want to share this. Because, um, unfortunately, at that point, I was, um, like, a little overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And again, people learn from mistakes, so let me share my mistake with you. Yeah. Um, I did not look up the name of the person who was going to interview me. Mm -hmm. I knew it was the program director mm -hmm. and there was someone else. So I had my interview with the program director, everything went well, blah, blah, great. Then the second person who started like asking me questions about my research and about whatnot and I was happily answering. And then by the time the part came with like, um, so do you have any questions about the program? And I started asking her, yeah, so because I thought this was one of the two residents. I asked her, like, um, what, how do you feel your residency experience on the program was? And she was like, I would love to answer you this, to answer to this question, but 
I am not a resident. I am an attending. And I was like, oh, my God. It was so embarrassing. Like, I, I cannot tell you so much. I must have aced it in every other aspect of the interview because otherwise, I don't know, like, I, because I matched there. So yeah. I must have aced it everywhere else. And they were like, yeah, okay, let's just ignore that little fact. But do not make that mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, like, be mindful of who is going to interview you and address the question. <laughs> I hundred percent. I keep saying hundred percent. I agree. Uh, and um, what I would say, uh, try to find something in common you have with who you inter- who you're gonna do that. Uh, who's gonna do your interview? Um, for my interview, when I mentioned the first doctor I interviewed with was someone that uh, did a master in biotechnology, which is the master I have. So we had something in common. So I asked her, how do you find this master applicable to your training? And, and what was what did that uh, brought to you? Because I see you as a as a, a role model for me coming in. And, then th- and that kind of brought us close together. And until the day I graduate, that, that mm-hmm. became my mentor because we have the same uh, background. The second interview, right. like also went to the same school I went to for my master's. So that was something that I, I, uh, uh, like we have in common. So I always try to find something in common you have. And as you said, do your research. Do your research about the program and know what is their strength, what they want uh, to have. And again, ask people, if you know some people in the program, let them tell you the the, like the little gritty uh, secrets that might make you stand out that you did your research. Exactly. And also, I just wanted to add to this that um, if you want to know more about the program from the residents themselves, a lot of people like don't go to the happy hours or just like brush them off like, oh, it's not mandatory, so I, I won't make it. It's okay if you can make it, but if you really want to find out more about how the true life of the program is as per like life amongst the residents and life outside of the hospital, like the city life. You live in New York, there is a lot tons of things to do, or like where people live or what people do for fun and so on. Join the happy hours. Again, the happy hours are for you guys. They are not for us. Nobody is um, scoring you on your on your happy hours. Uh, I remember last year and it was kind of sweet. It made my heart like Warm. Um, mm-hmm. People would go up to the happy hours with like suits. I was like, no, you, you can be in your PJs. It's, yeah. it's fine. You can hang in with your dog or like having snack. It's fine. Those are what happy hours are for. But again, um, I would not pass on them. Um, when I want to know about more program, I feel like I want to say it's a 60 40. 60% of course on the interview day per se, but I also like gather a lot of information from the happy hours because whenever like people tell you oh yeah this program is the best and blah 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 but when you see their happy hour or like the residents interacting and talking to each other or talking with you you're like okay these people are not really that happy or on the other side yeah they they do enjoy what they do and uh this seemed to be like a cool group of people that i could work with so mm-hmm. yay so don't, don't pass on the happy hours and again happy hours are for you not for us and um, another um, aspect that I wanted to mention is that we have, I think we haven't said it, but I just wanted to emphasize on this. Um, 
you are being interviewed absolutely but also you are interviewing the program and you are going to get or gather the information that will let you know okay i want to go to a program that is very strong on research because i want to go into something academic or i want to go into a fellowship that it's going to be requiring a lot of um, research so i'm going to go and ask this program if they have a strong research um, team and whatnot but if at the other um, hand you see like oh no i really want a program that um, has a lot of i don't know nephrology rotations because i really want to go into pete's nephro and so on so make sure that you gather the information mm -hmm. from the program mm -hmm. that you know you need to make your decision like a very conscious and informed decision so back in my days, we used to go to the Happy Hour because it's free food, free drinks. But uh, <laughs> I don't think that's in, in here now. <laughs> so, you cannot uh, even get free Wi-Fi access for the guests because yeah, I, they are everywhere still. <laughs> 100%. And, and I actually, um, uh, when, when I was a resident, we had, uh, I was helping with the interview season. And we had a, a girl that was pretty likable. Um, pretty pleasant, uh, helping everybody in the happy hour. And we all, the resident, vouched for her and, and uh, like wrote to the program director, please get her with us. We, we want this girl. And she ends up ma matching with us. So uh, it, it matters. Because, um, uh, yeah, she was pretty pleasant, funny, and, and, and helping others. So that make, made us like, yeah, we won't, we won't be on call with this girl. Um, so, um, and then let's say you did the interview you, you toward, toward the end they ask you do you have any questions do i have to ask questions i mean i would recommend you to do it do not do not go to the interview at least without one question for every interviewer because if you don't ask questions that means that whether you are super bored with whatever happened and you did not pay attention or you just don't care about the program so at least at least make one question because also as the person who is interviewing you if you don't ask me questions i will get it as oh this person just accepted the interview just because not because they really care about us so my um ranking list for you is going to go a little lower and that's a very personal thing that i mm -hmm. do as the person who is now doing their interviews i find that people who are actually interested don't get all the information from the website or from whatever we spoke but also like you have your own unique questions so i would say yes always ask at least one question i i uh agree with with that and also show that you did your research don't ask questions that is written in bold and in, 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 in 50 fonts in the website. Right. Uh, because the, that is already there. Yeah. So ask, like, and let them know that you actually looked the website. So I'll, I saw the question is, I looked the website. It has a lot of information. And uh, I'm happy. Uh, or I thank you for putting it together, uh, uh, but I have this questions that I couldn't find the answer for in the website. Could you tell me about mm -hmm. this or that? And, and exactly, make it, that would be wonderful. 100%. And make it, make it match with your, with your interest. So if you are, right. if you are, your CV is all about advocacy, and then you come in in the interview, don't ask questions about research. You, what, 
what we brought you here because we thought you were a good advocate. So ask us something related to who you are. Don't try to ask questions just to make me happy. And again, we know when people are not being truthful, Mm -hmm. we can tell. Mm -hmm. And we can tell when people actually are interested or care. So just be truthful. Again, guys, I cannot emphasize that enough Mm -hmm. because fake people, you will find them everywhere. There is people who are like with the mentality, oh, I don't care where I match. I just want to match, which is not the best approach. I'm nobody to judge. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you are going to match, at least try to match in a program that you want, that you really like, and that you know it's going to help you the best professional that you can be. Mm-hmm. And don't ask about salary. Don't oh, ask yeah. about on-calls. And don't ask a question that might make you sound a troublemaker. Right. Uh, don't, don't be, don't be uh, conflictive. Don't be um, like somebody who... Like, don't show yourself as, as someone who is there only just because they have to be there. Mm-hmm. Don't ask about vacations, as Dr. Yusuf mentioned. Please do not ask about, like, oh, um, I need to have a medical leave because I have this and so. I mean, of course, life happens, but we don't want to be on the mind that your priority is to know if people are going to let you go whenever you need to or not. Mm-hmm. Our priority is to get people who actually want to work with us and we know it's going to make it um, a good experience for both parts. If you start asking questions like, oh, I want to go on vacation and I want to make this amount of money, and I want to, it's just that's not a good mm-hmm. look on you. Remember, you're selling yourselves, so mm-hmm. sell you in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about your rights because ACGME take good care of resident rights, so that's not yes. something to ask about in the interviews. Um, the let's say the interview wrapped up, we're done. Do, do I do I have to do something after the interview? So some people, what they do is they say they send a thank you note. Um, one of my co-residents, she said thank you uh, emails for like every single program she um, interviewed with, which is perfectly fine. I did not even send an emoji, nothing. Um, <laughs> You, it's it's up to you. Some people recommend to do it, especially if you're really interested in the program, which is perfectly fine. That will um, not necessarily make the program director or the selection committee be like, oh yeah, this person said the thank you email, so this person will go in the list at all. But um, it could speak good about you. You could say things like, oh, this person has a good interaction or like, you know, it's um, a person who likes to show their appreciation, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you feel like, oh, you know what, I didn't really like this interview, or whatnot, just, I would say, don't. Don't send angry emails. Please do not. Please. That is definitely a no-no. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are looking at the student doctor website or what, what, whatever uh, forum that you're looking into, or reading old posts, you will see the culture used to be you have to send a handwritten uh, letter uh, to the program thanking them for the opportunities. That it does not yeah. exist anymore. Um, the expectation is you either send an email or you don't send anything at all. Uh, so some program actually they mentioned, please don't send us anything, we're already overwhelmed. So please, if they right. say that, don't insist. That means you're pushy and persistent. Like that would be negative uh, on you, so don't don't do that, please. 
Um, I think it's really nice to send an email, but make sure if you send an email, you actually get it like grammar check and and spelling check because if it has a lot of mistakes, it's it's gonna be negatively uh, viewed rather than uh, positively. Right. Um, I and, don't. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Another thing before I forget is that, um, and this was something that really helped me. Um, after you finish an, an interview, write a list of the pros and the cons that you found on the program. Because by the time you are doing your ranking list, you might forget about those things. Mm -hmm. And you could have like a very tunneled memory of what happened mm -hmm. that day or a bunch of reasons. So to be most, the most objective as possible, write a list of what things you really liked about this program, like this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And then things that you feel like are not very like aligned with mm -hmm. your uh, objectives. So you write them there. Mm -hmm. And by the time you are doing your ranking list, go back to these papers and be like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna place this one in the first place and the second place according to what you see mm -hmm. on the list that you did that day because mm -hmm. the memories and the knowledge is fresh. If you try to do it like in a week, you will already be biased. So mm -hmm. do it at that point. That was an awesome advice and a segue to the last question uh, uh, of this uh, episode would be how did you choose your program? What was the setting point for you? And what would you advise people when they choose the number one based on what? So I chose uh, my number one program, which I matched on. Um, because I really loved the approach that the program had as per the pediatric um, preparation. I, as I mentioned before, initially wanted to go into GI, so they made me um, see that whenever you wanted to go into a fellowship, they will prepare you to go for it since day one, which I really liked. Eventually, um, and I also had this on the back of my head, that if I didn't go into a fellowship, I would have go into Gen Peds. And I also wanted that, a program that I know is going to prepare me mm -hmm. good to be a general pediatrician. And our program is a community-based program. So where I come from, of course, I come from a third world country. We work with underserved population. Mm -hmm. And I adore working with underserved populations mm -hmm. because I do feel I'm making a change and providing healthcare, quality healthcare mm -hmm. to people who are most in need of it. Mm -hmm. And... Those are the points that I was like, okay, I really want this program. I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of it. And I'm thrilled to be trained in an environment that's going to be challenging for me in that way of having this very diverse population with a lot mm -hmm. of diversity that I would not see if I went, let's say, to a Manhattan hospital. Mm -hmm. um, again, a community program has its pros and cons as mm -hmm. every other program. Mm -hmm. But that was the selling point for me. So again this is for me and that was a very customized and personal decision mm -hmm. but if you are more focused into i don't know something super particular or something very niche because you really want to go into this and so specialty then you mm -hmm. have to set your priorities about what uh, setting would be better i just wanted to mention also that we have had graduates that go into amazing programs mm -hmm. we have had people going to uh, Boston Children's Hospital, who have gone to uh, John Hopkins. Mm -hmm. So that is not an impediment as well. Um, mm -hmm. Wherever you want to go, you will be able to, mm -hmm. as long as you work for it, and as long as you remain true to yourself. Mm -hmm. 
and um, toward the end, I would say fellowship is not as hard as residency. So you, uh, once you get into the system, you're fine. You you will get a true fellowship if you want to, and if you don't want yeah, to, then then that's also fine. The, the competition in fellowship is not as hard as as, as uh, in residency. Uh, I don't want to take much of your time. I know you're taking uh, some of your Sundays, so thank you for doing that. Uh, and I know as a busy uh, chief resident, not only just a resident, uh, Sunday is very important for you and your family, so I will, I will stop here. I know if I keep talking, I'm going to talk until I see you in the clinic on Monday, but we'll, we'll stop here. Thank you for taking the time, and uh, I truly appreciate you. I believe in you. <laughs> bye. That's right. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. With that, thank you guys. 